to Strixhaven College, and uh, this is the MMCast 101 with your professors, Alex Kessler and Mr. Benjamin Bateman. We're like a flip What's up, party. guys? How y'all doing? I'm good. And, and our listeners are hopefully good because <laughs> uh, we're in school, uh, which generally means I'm not going to class and I'm uh, out there breaking rules of some variety based on my college experiences. Today, we're doing our whole review of, of content. Uh, I have 30 or so cards. We'll see how many we get through. Um, some of them we'll skip over. Or we've gone through. We're going to save also specifically the learn mechanic for next week. Uh, we'll do a whole episode on uh, both lesson cards and the learn mechanic in general. Um, maybe we'll touch upon one or two as we go through it. If they are cards that have effects that the learn effect is more about the looting than necessarily what it has to do with the sideboard or if it's not relevant. Uh, but, but in general, the plan is to not touch upon learn cards. This is meant specifically for modern. So this will be a modern focused review. Uh, this will be the MCAS modern, the masters of modern review of Strixhaven. So then uh, I know you're like in aching to talk about these cards relevance in commander and <laughs> standard and vintage. I mean, you're kidding. You're kidding. Except that when we do these reviews, I always do the thing where I start talking about commander and then you're like, we don't, we're not talking about commander, man. Chill out. I know. Or like I you know. have to tell me to not talk about commander. I have to now. reel you in. I got to reel you in as we get into this. Now that the full set is revealed. So right now they're still uh, revealing the commander product stuff, which we're not touching upon. Um, though there's some bangers there. Storm is back. Uh, the fact that the storm, the storm is more likely to be printed into uh, into historic than lightning bolt is, is a fascinating thing that I hate. <laughs> I want lightning bolt into historic so bad. First question before we get into details, uh, Ben, what how, what do you how do you feel? How do you feel about Strixhaven? What are are you happy? Sad? I like the design. I like the vibe. I think it's cool. I like what they did with it. I think they were quite successful in designing the five schools. Um, I especially like the lore hold stuff i think that that's we talked about that a bit last week i think that they did a very good job with the lore hold stuff you got a lore hold jacket how'd that happen i have a hoodie a jacket and a t-shirt because i went in online and bought it because i uh, <laughs> uh did not get any scarves sent to me in the mail so i wasn't uh, i didn't get like a, a scholarship to go so i i'm, I'm paying full tuition paying the full tuition i like it <laughs> yeah i think lore hold's really cool um We've talked about some stuff in past episodes already, you know, the commands, there's a lot of stuff in there. They, they're doing more with flip cards. I haven't been able to pour over every single card. I've been watching the spoilers as they've happened. Um, and I've, I've seen a lot of them um, and we've broken some down. But I think the set looks pretty successful. What's interesting about this set is that this is going to be the final paper released set. I, I, I believe by the, by the time the next paper set comes out, I believe I'll be playing in-person magic and drafting probably at a store. If not at a store at that point, like, but I don't, I think we're going to just be reopened in California by the time the next set comes out. If this is dro if this is coming out in April, the next set's going to come out in like July so or mod something. Modern like, Horizons we'll 2, which we will be doing an episode in the future on, on like what we think is going to be in that set predictions that's coming up. Uh, but in, I think two weeks is when I want to do that episode um, that might be released on the line. Like it might be released after California is open, but it might be weird. Right, it might be before their total in-store play is open, but but by the Forgotten Realms, which is the core set replacement that's going to be set in the D and D world, that will be that probably will have in-store pre-releases available at a limited level. Yeah, and so I think that that's that's the the big thing I take away from this is that you know this last year in a lot of ways I don't own any physical cards that have been released in the last year. I didn't buy any of them. I just. 
I just didn't. I mean, I how I accumulate my cards is I buy them when I need them for like tournaments that I have sanctioned or I draft them. Um, and I didn't have any way to do either of those things. So I just didn't feel the need to buy any cards. Um, so it's I have a weird detachment from the last year of products, even though there's a lot of really cool ones. Mm -hmm. And so I'm I, I'm excited about this set. I, I wish that this set was coming out three months from now because I really like this set and I would be fun. Um, but we're also going to be I mean, we're again, we're in April and uh, the whole the whole entire California is eligible for vaccines by May. Uh, we collectively were able to get them very just like now, basically. So, uh, you know, like we basically both have are covered now by that. And uh, it means that once that kicks in and we're actually safe to see each other, we'll be able to play magic in May. Yeah. So probably I'll play this with you. I'll probably play this set oh, yeah. of magic cards with you. I might buy a few, which will be awesome just to have and like do a future pre-release and in in eventually. Um, I also definitely bought a Japanese box because I want the cool Japanese. All of those set. sweet cards. Yeah, yeah totally. But, so yeah, that's, I think those are my general feelings on it as I know. I mean, there's a real, one of the things that I think I'm the most excited about is there's a legitimate year and a half of physical magic cards that I, because I didn't see them or open the product, when I go to GPs and stuff in the future, I'm going to like go to de like dealers tables and I'm going to see all these cards I've never seen before. Mm -hmm. It's all going to look exciting and new and fresh to me. And also when we do like our chaos drafts and stuff where we go buy new packs, it's not going to be like packs that I open and remember playing standard or like playing draft with. Right. It's going to be a lot of packs I've never opened before in these chaos drafts that are going to be cheap and available. Yep. They'll just be for sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like opens up a cool new spin versus like, oh, I know this format. It's like, oh, no, this is like opening Le Legions. I've never played that format. What are, what are these? Cards? Yeah, um, exactly. So so I think that I think that aspect of it's really cool. But the set itself, I'm pretty happy with. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm down to just uh, I'm just down to just jump in and start going card by card. Uh, yeah. So so before I do that, one last thing, which which uh, which now that you've seen the whole set, are you still on the silver quill train? Which college do you feel like you're, you're attending? Um, I feel less attached to silver quill now than I did. Um, I, I think silver quill is cool, but I I think I'm. Blue reds prismari, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm Prismari. Yeah, that, that feels that feels feels you're, pretty right on. You're a musician. You you just released a song, which by the way, everyone should go download. Uh, uh, it's on every music device. That was a subtle plug for your new song. Uh, Thank you. you. you should, I appreciate it. You should say what it's called and uh, tell people where they can find it. It is called Sorry for Tonight. My name is Ben Bateman. If you guys search me on Spotify or Apple or Amazon or anywhere, you'll find it. Uh, it's streaming. And there's a lyric video you can find on YouTube.com slash Nerds and Suits. Um, and yeah, I've been playing it a whole bunch. So um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, so yeah, so Prismari makes sense. It's also blue red, which is your color vibe in general. Um and, and that's kind of one of the first conversations I want to have before we get into individual cards. And, and, and part of it is going to be going over each of the dragons because I want to start there. Some of these aren't really going to be modern playable, but more kind of a conversation on like how this is a big deal Wizards was focusing on was we want each of these sets to feel different than their Ravnica counterparts, right? Like, and Lorehold... Right is like the most obvious of those because Boros is such a, we are the aggressive attacking tribe. We are here to get into your face and we're the police army. And Lorehold's like graveyard control, slow grindy, rebuying mechanics, artifacts are cool. Like it's just playing in a totally different space and kind of each of the different tribes tried that. Um, I think right now the biggest complaint on the street is that Quandrix feels the most like um simic 
right? It's the least different with, with Prismari being relatively close behind that. I think, and this is something that'll be interesting once we get to the pre-release. I think that Quandric, I think the blue green and the red blue tribe will feel much different in gameplay. Um, I think it's because, I think it's because, um, I think it's because blue by nature is a color that is very difficult to push in directions other than the things people like blue to do and have it still feel good to play as a blue player. That's, I think, the biggest reason. It's easier to push red in other directions. It's easier to push green in other directions. It's very hard to get people away from if you have a two-mana blue spell that includes either the color green or red, people not wanting it to just like have the ability to somehow counter things or, or things that cost one or two in blue just like drawing cards or scrying mm-hmm. like those are things that if you're going to play as a blue player you almost feel like you're owed that by the game or something because like you think about some of the other things blue has done over the years and they you know they've pushed it a lot like the the, the magical hack abilities like the, where they, you change a color or a text or a word type or something they did those for years and years and years they made cards like that and th- those abilities just like they weren't very fun <laughs> it kind of right. sucked like you know and they, they tried to double down on that you know they blue has bounced things for years if it, it's an instant that bounces something like it feels like something blue does so it's just i think it's hard to find design space that the players that like to play instant speed blue spells feel happy with and not just like they're playing weak versions of other colors that's that's why i think it is it's difficult for them to design a blue red and blue green cards that feel yeah unique. i think i think that's fair i think there's like yeah maybe there's an argument for i, I haven't actually heard that and it's like blue is already great at the good thing, the fun thing. It's good at drawing cards. It's good at countering spells. It's good at bouncing. Like all the things blue does inherently powerful are already good. And so it's not like red, white, red and white as other color options that like classically have done not as good things like the aggro thing or something else. So Wizards has put a lot more work to like expand the cool things that it does with rules mechanics. And so blue is less of has less of an expanded color pie than the other colors, just because it can always lean into old tropes that are always fun. Um, I think that's fair. I think that's an, actually an interesting kind of concept in general is that just because blue is already cool, it doesn't work as hard to be interesting. Um, and like that might be a whole video to go over, but uh, yeah, I really like that. Um, I think I think the I other thing is because yeah. Sorry. I just think to add to it, I mean, blue is my favorite color to play, has always been, probably always will be. And it's because of the way that it plays. If you switch what I'm doing as a blue player in concept, like you make it sorcery speed primarily, I'm just like a lot less happy to play it. I may as well just play a different color. I, I, I can do that if I want. Like there's been tons and tons of things that don't that are not as like interactive and uh, and reactive. Right. Mm-hmm. Blue always has that. So. If you want to change the flavor of a blue card, you have to take away the things that make it what it is. And the things that make blue what it is are the most unique at all of magic. It's, it is the best at drawing cards. It is the best at being instant speed. It's the best at countering things. And other colors don't get to do that. Other colors barely counter spells. There's like five or six cards ever, you know? Right. Like sometimes other colors draw cards, but nowhere near as well or as efficiently as blue. And so, yeah, that's I think I think that that's probably the point. Yeah, I think um, I think, I think it, like what they did was interesting, right? Like blue red in this set is about big blue red spells. It's it's almost blue red if blue red had to ramp, which is why I think we've ended up with storm and adjacent things around it because it's a similar concept where when blue red is ramping, classically it ends up in storm where it's doing it in rituals. But I like love, and we'll get into those as well. The like discard this card for a blue red blue red hybrid create a treasure 
and then or you get yeah. this like eight mana spell that does insane things. I like love those cards as a mechanic. And I do think Quandrix, like the idea of having to do a lot of math. I think part of the problem with both of them from a is it perspective is that is it and or Ravnica perspective, is it and Simic, all of those tribes were trying to do just be the representation of these two colors together. And so they ended up chewing a lot of that space. And just some of them, the ones that feel the most different, got pigeonholed in the specifics. Black Green was about graveyards. And so that's a very specific place. So Black Green has other places it plays in that aren't that. And this one, it's life gain. Uh, Red White was about being aggressive. And so this is the first time they've gotten a chance to be like, no, 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 no. We're not the attacky Red White. We're the we're the fact that Red has a lot of lo- looting and White has a lot of ways to get stuff back from the graveyard. Um, so I think if you look at remember I asked you last week if you thought that there was still in, like infinite design space that magic had like so mm-hmm. much somewhat so like so many places to go. I think if you look at the trajectory of multicolor magic cards dating back to pretty much dating back to like invasion because I think legends was its own thing. But if you go to like invasion where they were trying to make they were trying to make like multicolor cards feel special and cool and like different. And you look at like that cycle of charms, the first cycle of charms. They're literally like the Dargaz charm is literally just like three different cards. You know, you could red, green, black, and it's like you get lightning bolt, you get raised dead, or I think it's giant growth. Probably um, they're just they just took cards and they stapled three of them together. It's the simplest design in the world. There's no creativity with that at all, other than just like we're just going to make this thing we've never done before. So that's cool. As it evolves, as it gets, it grows, it changes. They continue to find ways to make it interesting. So you look at like the charms that came out of. Ravnica or, or uh, RTR, you know, those are interesting. You look at commands and two color commands and then how those things get introduced. And over time, what happens is all the easy design space that's just, we're going to take the flavor of two colors and just make like the lowest common denominator card because we haven't before gets thrown away. And so you get to the point now where you realize that like there aren't that many ways to make things fresh or interesting. It's why we're seeing so many flip cards now because that's fresh and interesting. They haven't done it before. So they're going to do that now. They're going to lean into it set after set. Um, it's difficult to make efficiently costed spells in all two color combinations feel special and not just feel like, you know, repeats of old sets. That's a hard thing to do. That's a gigantic design challenge that I'm sure the team all looks at each other and is like, these just, you know, like probably at different points in the design are just like, these just don't feel unique enough. They just feel like, which just kind of just feels like we're making rap, like Ravnica three. Sure. And that's, and that's, I think why they like four, I guess made an issue to lean away from that. Right. And, and there was a cool article on how, like we've had a few sets where allied color pairs are important. And this is the second t- time ever that enemy color sets have been a focus. And I think actually technically like the first, cause all the other ones were like other color things were important in, in relationship to it. So that's something that's really cool. That's why like we got the commands and we got the dragons and we got all the things that we haven't got in the past. And, and let's, let's talk about the dragons first in, in reference to, to modern. I think that two of these have a chance of seeing play, but really only one of them. Uh, but uh, first let's talk uh, Shadrick Silverquill. I'm going to just go these in backwards. Three white black uh, legendary creature, elder dragon two five flying double strike at the beginning of combat on your turn. You may choose two. Each mode must target a different player. Target creature create target player creates a two one white and black inkling creature token with flying. Target player draws a card and loses one life. Or target player puts a plus one plus one counter on each creature they control. Um, quite a bit of text. Quite a bit of text on this that, card. That's one thing that all these cards do. Actually, I think I'm just <laughs> going to talk about the dragons I want to talk about. This card is not going to see play in modern and is like a cool commander for politicking. Um, but like the, the most interesting of these cards is Belladross Witherbloom. So let's talk about that. And then we can move on to just doing our set review. Uh, 
Cool. Five black green, four four elder dragon flying legendary creature. At the beginning of your each upkeep, create a one one black and green plant creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life. A pest. Uh but the second ability, pay ten life, untap all lands you control, activate only once each turn. Yeah, it's a super interesting card. I mean, if we're talking about for modern, I, I don't know like immediately where I imagine this card like winning the game necessarily. I think that there's you can have necrotic ooze in play and this in your graveyard, and then you can just activate this ability. <laughs> I mean, ten life is a lot of life, but Grizzle Brand. Right, that's what I was just gonna say. In in modern, I mean it's it's a it's a powerful ability, and and I think what's probably the most interesting about it is that it, it's pretty unique. There's not a lot of things that allow you to do that. Um so it probably works as part of some combo where as long as you're above that life total, the ability to do this for no mana with a necrotic ooze or whether it's like, you mm-hmm. you know, reanimator type of thing, or um, I believe it's uh, it's a sorcery ability or no, you can do it. No, you can do it. no, you no. Get- so just once you turn. So like, you, you know, like you could like Gorio's vengeance kind of a thing. That's, there's, that's- there's lots of stuff that. Yeah. So I go. Right. There's like interesting stuff that I think where you'll be able to do uh, cool stuff. But like imagine that you Gorio's Vengeance this into play early in the game. You don't care about paying 10 life to untap two or three lands. You just well, spent two mana on Gorio's Vengeance. Except except like th- like to me, it makes sense more in the Grishol brand decks, right? Where you have the Green Shoal to gain 20 life in those situations. And this is oh, another. Sure. You can discard him to, Grish- to Shoal because it's a green card to gain seven life which is the amount of life you need for Grizzlebrand to activate so it's like an, another option there but then this allows you like mid game if you go your vengeance on turn three to like loot a few more times or do a little bit more stuff on your turn um and the other thing that it allows you to do is if you can get it into play or a necrotic combo is you you always have the option to threaten the untap without using it Right. right. So, so so if you have counter magic up and you have or if you have any type of interaction your opponent can't like has to make you do it and then you can stop them and you have that opportunity to try and stop them is also something that's powerful to me. So you can always like have counter magic up like the, the, the one of the things that's great about having untapped mana on your opponent's turn is you can counter spells and this allows you to do that, but you don't have to pay the 10 life to do that. As soon as it's the opponent's turn, you can pay 10 life in response. And so they're always at risk of having their spell countered, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's definitely very cool. I I still imagine this as being kind of a fringe card. I don't know where this. I can't really p- put this in a deck right right off the bat. That makes sense to me. Sure. But it does have a unique ability, so it's worth. It's definitely worth us talking about. Cool. Yeah. Move on. All right. Moving on. The Biblioplex land tap add a colorless two mana tap it. Look at the top card of your library. If it is an instant or sorcery card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. If you don't put the card into your hand, you may put it into your graveyard. Activate only if you have exactly zero or seven cards in your hand. So this is the Library of Alexandria, a extremely powerful card throughout Magic's history. But instead of for free, you tap it. If you have only seven cards in hand, you may now pay two mana to do it if you have seven cards in hand or zero, which definitely is an increase in power level, though it does cost two mana. And but it only hits instants and sorceries. It does let you surveil. So instead of you look at this card and it goes back on top if it's not an instant sorcery, if it's a creature, you can put it in your graveyard. So there is some self mill strategy, um, but it's a colorless land with another powerful ability uh, and a powerful ability that historically has been banned in formats and is really powerful. 
Yeah, I think this card is, uh, it's another one of those opportunity cost lands that you look at where it's an untapped colorless source that might be good enough, but lands like this almost never end up breaking in. It's rare. Every once in a while one does. You watch something like, uh, uh, like, like Ascanta is a good example, search for Ascanta that like turns into a land and that, that had similar vibes to what you're getting out of this. But like that card is so much better for so many reasons than just being a land, um, you know, or you, you, there's just, there was a card like Seagate Wreckage, I think was the name of it or something like that back from like Gatewatch maybe that I think was something similar. It, it wasn't this, mm -hmm. but it was another like you can draw cards for mana and some function. Uh, the cards like this just almost never break through, I think is, is the point. So I don't expect it, but it's one of those ones that maybe if you wanted to get cute, it could be a one of if you had a deck that you know was really great at taking advantage of this. It, so so the reason I like this card more than yeah, Seagate Wreckage is, is like... This feels a lot like Loot House to me, uh, right? Where, and that's a card that's seen a ton of modern play. This can go in any color. You don't need blue-red. It's less expensive to activate it. It's worse because you're not just drawing a card, discarding a card, but it's, and yet you have the specific ramifications, but it's way better when you're behind, right? There has been a ton of games where I have Loot House in play and I'm in top deck mode and I literally am just like, okay, I have to hold whatever card I draw to loot house to try and get to something that dig for this answer. And in this, I can play that card and then use it to directly just draw a card every turn. And then in that situation, this is way powerful. And there's tons of decks I've played where it can get to that situation. That's where I like this card is like in decks that were playing loot house that could quickly get to the point where they were just like using it to dig late game to try and find answers. This does that, but then also can act as a surveil and is good on turn three when you need to tap it with your full hand right like you're just you're playing the counter spell game what's really good about this card is like i can just turn one turn two keep counter magic open and just every turn from that point on i'm drawing two cards and you having to deal with me having cryptic command mana open every turn is like a great position to be in which is why i like this card it's like a okay that's, a, that's, a, that's it's a fair point i think it's a fair point and i think the thing about it that stands out to me in that regard is that because of the fact that this feels like a card that allows you to keep some hands that would seem like more mulligan hands, probably also, right? It's a card that if you see it in your opener, you're like, well, I have this and two lands. My hand's not the best, but like I'm going to be able to like hold open this one instant speed interact piece of interaction I have and then start just like figuring out what's going on, you know, right. dig out of a dig out of a bad mulligan. Like, so, yeah, OK, I'll, I'll, you, you convince me. I like this card, the Bibbleplex. Yeah. I'll probably play this card in decks. It is notable that those decks that like to play the way you're talking about don't particularly like colorless lands. They often want like blue, blue or like, well, like they want I, like blue, white or they want. Yeah, that's true. I would replace a field of the dead with this card. Like I would like I think especially depending on the format, right? Like how how imp yeah. especially with field of the dead being banned, uh, having having field of ruin be this card instead, I think would work for me regularly. Um you can get the fact that it doesn't come into play untapped, right? Like you, it, it goes a long way and you can play it as your 18th land or not your 18th land, your 26th land, right? You can go up a land with yeah. this because it draws you cards is, is I think that I think gets me a little bit over the edge. Uh, the next card is test of tales. One blue instant counter target instant or sorcery spell searches controllers, graveyard hand and library for any cards with the same name as that countered card and exile them. That player shuffles, then draws a card for each card exiled from their hand this way. So, a negate that then, or not a negate, an instant and sorcery counter spell. Uh, oh, spell pierce ish, kind of. Uh, or actually, that's not a creature. Yeah. Uh, 
whatever. No, the spell it, is just instant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever that spell is. It counts as an instant sorcery, but so that, that is limiting, right? You can't counter planeswalkers, can't counter creatures, but the fact that you then strip those cards from the game. So if you counter as a Goryo's Vengeance or any Storm card, like against some combo decks, this is just you win the game if you get the right spell. Um, yeah, if you have this, if you have this against Adnaz, kind of game over. If you have, yeah, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of decks that this gets the job done. Even just like in Infect playing this card and just countering their removal spell and stripping every other lightning bolt from their deck or every other fatal push from their deck is like puts puts them much farther ahead. <laughs> like I'm I, the fact that I now have to get through half of your removal spells if I am able to counter your thing when you target my my infect creature puts me in a happy space. I'm a happy camper. I'll tell you something else too that stands out is that. Um, classically in modern, there's a thing that happens where decks that want to be proactive with their game plan will play three or four copies of a premier removal spell in their in their main. Like you'll see it like a deck will play four, three or four copies of path or a black deck will play four copies of push or something like that. And that's their answer. Like that's the that's the thing that that deck has to not just lose to certain combo decks. So if you are playing one of these decks that like has a really vulnerable, very powerful creature and you have this in your deck and they try to path your very vulnerable creature and you counter it and get rid of all the paths in their deck. You've just removed all their answers in a lot of cases um, to what you're doing, which I think actually is, that's actually a pretty cool thing. Test of talents. You call it a test of tales. Um, oh, 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 my bad. Just, just for the, yeah, no, it's all good. It's just, just for the people listening. It's called test of talents. Yeah. 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 Test of talents. Yep. Sorry. I will. I will not close windows that quickly. Uh, the next card, uh, Plum the Forbidden, uh, one black instant as an additional cost to cast this spell. You may sacrifice one or more creatures. When you do, copy the spell for each creature sacrificed this way. You draw a card and lose one life. And it's an instant, which is kind of a big deal. Uh, up to this point, I believe me and Michael were talking about this earlier today. There is a four mana card that lets you do this, but it is a sorcery. Um, and that lets you just sacrifice any amount of creatures and draw that many cards. Um, the other thing that's cool about this is A, it's two mana. B, it's an instant, so you can respond to people's removal effects or board wipes. C, the fact that it copies itself to do it means that you are um, resistant to counter magic. So, so instead of like, I sacrifice all my creatures, you counter it, and now I've sacrificed all my creatures, and I don't get the cards, and that's a huge blowout. This one, each of the 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 effects gets copied, so they, can, they can't really counter it uh, in a way that's profitable, which protects the fact that you just win all on, in on this effect from that, that problem. Yeah, I mean, so because the additional cost is to sacrifice the additional creatures... Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to think how that would work because I'm imagining this playing this alongside things that trigger off of sacrifice. That works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you, like any any aristocratic type of situation, uh, mayhem, devil. This every one of them will will count toward. You've sacrificed all those creatures, so mayhem, devil counts all of those triggers. Yeah, this card's sweet. The fact that it's an instant's really cool. This is a really this is a really cool insurance card at, at its mana cost for black one. Um, you could even put this in. I could see putting this in some like like there's a bunch of creature decks that I could see in modern that uh, they could play this card. If you if you told me that in game two in humans, they were like bringing this card in as like a one or a two of um, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. Like that, that that sounds like pretty sweet insurance. I spend my first three turns getting like six creatures on the board. And now my opponents brought in, you know, some sort of wrath, some sort of like board wipe, even it's like, you know, terminus, whatever. And like you play that and I leave my two open. And I like pay six, draw six. 
That don't, seems you great. Don't, you don't pay six. It's one and a black sacrifice creatures copy the spell. You don't have to pay per creature. No, no, pay, pay six life. That's oh, what I was talking oh, about. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought yeah, you said yeah, like pay, pay okay. six, like Got pay that. six, draw six. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this card's actually really sweet. I think yeah, this yeah. is the, this is one of the cooler scalable cards that I've seen uh, printed in in this vein because you've got a lot of like two mana sacrifice a creature, draw two cards, or like there's a lot of things like that that have happened over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, the fact that it's scalable and in multiple formats too. I think in modern, I don't have a deck right offhand that comes to mind that is uh, like super powerful with it, but I know there are plenty of creature decks in modern that would be interested in using this. And I think this is going to find, this will find more and more interesting application over the years too. The place, the place I'm most excited by is, is like the deck list we were brewing when we did our preview episode, the mage. Cause, cause the thing that's cool about it is it also triggers magecraft, right? That's why it's worded weirdly is so you can in that, in that lingering souls, um, with young pyromancer and our preview card and magecraft uh, mardu pyromancer deck playing this as like a way to sacrifice your pyromancer tokens and then trigger magecraft on your other card to go big like sounds like such a like just playing one of these in that deck excuse me allows you to go off in such a cool way that like it adds a, almost a storm element to it um yeah i think this card's really cool uh, so yeah, any Magecraft card. I think any deck that's making creatures that uses Magecraft, this card's insane. And I think in standard, there's even that green-black Magecraft card that makes a 1-1 token that gains you a life that this card sounds insane with. And that, like, good enough to be a s- modern player. Like, uh, uh, the fact that there's a green-black creature that whenever you Magecraft, you make a 1-1 token, and the fact that you can then play this card alongside that and almost storm off, because the, the life gained from the pest token then you you know pays for the life loss is like a really good blow like a really good play pattern yeah really sweet uh next card also from wither bloom uh this is one of the deans valentin dean of the vein and lisette dean of the root valentin which is the important one is one black for a one one legendary creature vampire warlock menace and lifelink if a non-token creature an opponent controls would die exile it instead it has another ability, but that's that's the key phrase here. <laughs> uh, when you it's do, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, when you do, you may pay two. If you do, create a one-one black and green pest creature token with whenever this create a pest token. Whenever this creature dies, you gain one life. Just to make our lives easier from a reading perspective, uh, there are five mascots in this in this world. Each of them is a different token. Each one belongs to a college. Black green makes pests. They're one ones that when they die, you gain a life. Red white makes spirits that are three twos. Uh, blue green makes constructs that are zero zero and get X amount of plus one plus one counters on them, and that's how big they are. Black white makes a two one a two one flyer inkling, and then blue red makes a four four elemental. It's just a big bulky four four. So those are the five. I don't want to read off what those are every single time. So that's a elemental four four spirit three two one one pest that gains you a life, a zero zero construct, and a a two one inkling. So <laughs> this makes a pest, and then the other ability on the backside is two green for four four. Pretty decent body, human druid. Whenever you gain life, you may pay one. If you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. Those creatures gain trample until end of turn. The front side of this card is the important part. It's it's another card that I think is extremely good on the front side that does actually have upside on the back side that is pretty sweet. And I think the fact that this is a vampire is notable. I mean, just as a creature type, is a deck that is always... That's always like a fringe deck in modern. That's like 5-0 dailies. People always talk about, you know, when they, any, anytime they print an interesting new vampire... 
But yeah, I mean, the fact that this creature on its own is a one, one for one with menace and lifelink that is going to prevent your opponents from doing graveyardy stuff and the ability to exile. You don't have to pay to exile. You can pay if you want the creatures, but you don't have to pay to exile. So it's doing the dryad militant thing, but for just creatures, um, yeah, which is very, very strong. It's like a really cool sideboard card out of Jund, right? Like it's a one, one creature that has lifelink and menace. So it, it does gain you value. Like, you can gain life with it. It gets in for some damage. Anytime your opponent's creatures die, you get a 1-1 token. Like, so that that's a decent thing. And then the fact that it exiles it. It's like a mini, um, what's the four drop? Vampire guy that, like, saw a ton oh, of Kalidus. Yep. It's a four. It's a one. It's a one mana, one, one lifelink menace, Kalidus. And, like, that card was playable. So I'm, I'm pretty oh, yeah. into it. Really and then the back end, if, like, I'm in a matchup where I no longer care about the front end and I draw the four drop version, a 4-4 four, for four, four is, like, fine and you will win games because you just like top decked into a creature that's a threat and then, the back, yeah. and then sometimes you'll you'll it's other ability where it pumps your whole pest army because you drew two of these is like really cool um yeah yeah i like this card this card stood out to me next card magma opus six blue and a red instant magma opus deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of targets tap two target permanence create a four four blue and red elemental creature token draw two cards um or instead of spending eight mana to do all of those things uh that'll win you the game when you do it uh blue red blue red discard magma opus create a treasure token yeah this card is great this card is uh totally what i want to be doing like this is my favorite type of card the idea that this is an instant that is going to ramp you early in the game if you need it to that's just what it does again gets you to things that you need to get to um it's it's notable that treasures are are uh artifacts also mm -hmm. just like your ability to create an artifact if you have any synergy like that uncounterable Un um, too right it's an ability so you can't it's not most counter spells won't interact with it you know and then as far as like um casting spells from your graveyard any kind of effect like that putting this into your graveyard you know to get you to the bigger thing that's going to have the ability to do that um, and then the front side of it is just like a sweet you know ultimatum type of effect right four damage divided as you choose you know, any number of targets, choose two target permanents, they tap them. Um, before you get a four, four, it's just, there's just a lot. Yeah. This card just does a lot. I mean, it does cost eight. So I can't see a lot of situations in modern. You're casting this card, but it's an interesting card. At least that's cool. Right. Yeah. It's just cool to talk about. I, I think, I think the, like what's cool about this card is it is a card that, uh, on game plan will get you a treasure for a treasure. You get a eight mana instant in your graveyard, Right. And that eight minute instant is good. So like the worst case scenario, if you get in a top door, top deck war with Jund and eventually you just draw this card and win the game because you were able to cast it uh, will happen once in a while. But the fact that there are cards that care about the size of spells in your graveyard uh, or allow you to cast cards in your graveyard for free, Mizzix's Mastery, that's more now a historic thing because of the, the new, all of the new uh, spell mastery cards or whatever, uh, the Mystical Archive cards. But like the ability to cast this from your graveyard, a big one to me is torrential gear Hulk. Yeah. The fact yep. that I can, the fact that I can uh, discard this, create a treasure token, and then in a blue white control deck or a blue red control or a just got control deck, and then just have torrential gear Hulk as part of my package. And on turn six at the end of my opponent's turn, flash that in and cast this spell. Um, or, turn, five. Turn, turn five, turn five. Yeah. Because you're, because you're getting the treasure token. That's a really cool use for this card. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. And, and so like, that's, that's, I think that's really powerful. That's the like, and, and red's getting more and more effects where like ETB, you get to cast a spell for free from your graveyard or do damage equal to the 
converted mana cast of a spell that you exile with your graveyard or target. You know, like, there's all of those effects too that the like just the red half of this is cool on in like a gruel deck that's trying to take. So like over time, I think this card is really cool. And just on the front, there's already cool stuff to do with it. There's also cool looping stuff of the idea of like things that return instants or sorceries from your graveyard to your hand. Um, if you want to, if you have some sort of like loop end of turn instant speed, like do this return to your hand the next turn, you know, anything there's, there's turn, start ramping. Yeah. You can sort of ramp into eventually casting it. I think that that's cool too. So yep. yeah, I like this card. Yep. Uh, the other, the other thing is uh, this mechanic in general is on three cards. We're only talking about this one. This is the best one. It just has the most text on it, but all three of them have that kind of consideration, especially if this type of deck, like the fact that you have the ability to have 12 cards that are just blue, red, make a treasure, put a giant spell into your graveyard, take advantage of it somehow is a thing. Now, are there enough things right now that care about that? Maybe not. But in the long run, it's very possible that in three years, there'll be a set that's like, oh, they printed a great two drop that just like exiles things equal to stuff in your graveyard and and you can ramp it. Like it's such a cool mechanic. I do think this was at one point the Prismari mechanic. Like, I think at one point, each of the groups had a mechanically name, a name mechanic, and I think this was it. And then they just removed it just three cards. Because this feels like, a, in like another set, this would just be the name of, this would be art, artistry, or or like, yeah. or like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. like whatever, art school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, learning to paint the mechanic. <laughs> um, I agree. Uh, the next card, which is one of the big ones, is Rip Apart, Red and White sorcery choose one rip apart deals three damage to target creature or planeswalker or destroy target artifact or enchantment um so it is a sorcery but it is it is a sorcery but it is a very interesting one i mean this is this is in this is in the vein of like a braid cards like a braid that have started to come along in the last few years where it's clear that they want to make cards that have a lot of answers on them so people in best of one games don't mind main decking them and that's what this card is. And in modern, this will be a sideboard card. In some situations, this will get main deck, depending on the, the metagame. But it's very similar to like the wear tear uh, mold, where it's just like does a lot, you know? Like does isn't wear tear is cheaper to get rid of one of them, right? Wear is one red and tear is two. Is that correct, what it is? Correct. So to get both, it's three. What's nice about this is it's like it's good to get planeswalker. It's decent against it's decent against planeswalkers. It's good against creatures. It's great against artifacts, and it's great against enchantments. And 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 in reality, this is a charm, right? You have four options. You have three damage to creature, yep. three damage to so like. I do think that in in that same spot, this just does a lot of different things, and and is main deckable though because it kills creatures. So like a Jeskai deck yeah. playing this in the same way that Jun decks play Assassin's Trophy or Abrupt Decay would be totally serviceable, especially if a format moves towards a path where there's more playable enchantments or or artifacts in general. Um, yeah. Yep. Next card. As it loads, Fracture, speaking of removals, white, black, instant, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or planeswalker. That's a big one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big one, in my opinion. Um, the idea that for two mana, you, you in, now black, white has destroy target planeswalker just outright is like instant speed is really good. Um, but the fact that, again, also this can hit an artifact or enchantment, black, white having that just as an ability in a black white deck is fine. I mean, you can play like a disenchant or something like that classically, you know, back when they had that before it was switched over to naturalize, but that is in time spiral. So for the sake of modern, if you ever wanted that, you could just play that. Um, 
This though, obviously, in your, your colors is going to be the same thing. But the fact that the added bonus of this card, they're like, hey, just replace your replace your sideboard card with one that also can kill a planeswalker is pretty big time. That's mm-hmm. pretty big time stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it doesn't hit creatures. That is that is a knock against it. And black white as a color combo isn't the most common combination in modern. Um, but the fact that this just answers the other major threats of the format, hitting Planeswalkers, which is like super relevant now, pretty much across the board. It is still a sideboard card to me, but it's a really powerful one. Sweet. Yeah, uh, I like this card. Next card. I love the cards that are just quick and easy. We're both like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> uh, expressive Iteration, Blue and a Red, Sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put one of them into your hand put one of them at the bottom of your library and exile one of them. You may play the exiled card this turn. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. So you've, so you've got a telling time style of effect, um, but it is also combining the red mechanic of you may play the exiled card this turn. Um, That is very, very interesting, especially if this is a turn three situation. Um, Or you play this on turn three. Mm -hmm. Say what? Yeah. If you play this on turn three, you exile the top three. Presumably one's going to be a land, right? So you get to play the land because you can play it. You may play the card this turn. So you to, to get the land, you have to play it on a turn that you haven't cast. You haven't played your land drop yet to be able to do it. Otherwise, right. it's I guess you could ditch the land if you wanted to play it on like turn two or something like that. But it mo- see, it feels most effective probably to do it the other way. You just get rid of the, the, the worst card. You play the land from exile and then you have the other card in your hand, which maybe is a one drop that you can cast with the land. Yeah, I, for me, part of it is also on turn six. It's scry three, draw two cards. Right? In some ways. Like, because because you'll look at the top three, you'll draw one of them, and then the other one, you can just cast that turn. It doesn't matter that it, like, is exiled. You can just, just play that card this turn. And then early game, it's a decent filtering card that lets you dig. On turn three, you can use it to dig for lands if you need them. I think, like, just at every scale of the game, it's really powerful. It's it's slow and it's two mana, which does hurt its viability. Like, I don't think it's better than opt, but the fact that opt just draws you a single card at the end of the game and you only get to look at one card, this lets you dig through three cards and you get to cast, you could cast two of them that turn, or you get to cast one of them and draw the other one for the next turn is, is a, is a very interesting place for this card to be in. It's like, it, it feels to me comparable, if not a little bit better than is it charm? Where like yeah, it's got it's got it's got similar vibes to it. It, it being a sorcery definitely is a knock against it, I think. Mm-hmm. But the the like, so is it charm is famously the card that every blue red deck puts in it as like a two of at the start of the blue red deck existing, and then and then cuts it at the end, and yeah. then slowly over a few tournaments cuts it when it realizes which cards are actually good. Explosive iteration feels like that, where it's like this is going to be good because it's going to be digging. I would play this over telling time moving forward or any type of those two mana effects. It depends on the deck, right? Often the decks that play Telling Time historically want to be able to play Telling Time as an instant at the end of turn. They want to hold open counter magic. And I think if you're playing sorcery speed stuff, there's going to be other stuff probably that is, has a similar effect to this. But I would agree. I, I like this card. I think this card is cool. Um, doubt it'll break into modern, but it's possible. It's possible. I could see it at some point in, in a combo-y sort of deck. Uh, in the meantime, while he's gone, uh, make sure to check out our patron. Uh, we do um, these episodes get released there literally the next day as videos and then audio by the, the end of the week, um, at least a week early. 
uh, for the video. We like record on Tuesday. I guess the videos come out on Monday. So a few days, a pretty five days early, uh, the week before, and then the audio, uh, uh, shortly thereafter the video comes out. Um, you also get uh, bonus content. Like we did a whole conversation today on the winter soldier, uh, and the new stuff that's going on there. Plus we did a little bit of a conversation that'll be exclusive to patrons. Um, that was about Ben's, um, just like writing music and he just came out with a new song that there is a link below. We mentioned at the beginning of the episode, but check that out. Um, we also are releasing that movie content now directly onto YouTube. So check those videos out. Also Monday nights at seven 30, we do commander streams. Uh, I believe that this video is coming out Monday and therefore our guests are right, tonight. We're it's, it's us. It's going to be the full place. It'll be me, Marshall, Michael, Ben, all having brewed a deck or uh, using one of the new commanders and as many of the new cards as we can add to our deck um, from this set from Strixhaven and, and as well as the Strixhaven commander set. So that comes out, we'll be brewing a bunch of new cool stuff. I'm like really close to just playing Plarg, uh, which is the red looting commander. So that'll be really fun. Um, and so definitely tune in tonight for that. If you missed it, that is that lives on the YouTube channel every week forever. Last week we had Ellie of the Vale and Glenn Jones from Wizards of the Coast, original co-host of the MM cast. Uh, and we played a great game of Commander then as well. Um, and now, last but not least, hit that like and that subscribe button. Otherwise, we can't, you know, otherwise less people see this. You have to hit the like button so more people see it so they can be cool like you. Um, and Ben is back. And we are going to talk about the next card. Storm Kiln Artist. Three and a red creature dwarf shaman. Storm Kiln Artist gets plus one, plus zero for each artifact you control. It does cost four. Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy your an instant or sorcery spell, create a treasure token. So this is the better than make a mana for every spell and or thing you have. And you also get an artifact for every spell and or copy that you play. It's a stormy card. It's a stormy-ish card. This card has lots of potential built in for this. We talked about it a little bit last week, I think, um, pretty briefly. But uh, it definitely is quite powerful. It does cost four. I think that's the only real restriction with this card. But we've seen enough times over the years that something costing four in a in a deck that wants to do some some sort of stormy type of thing mm-hmm. is not enough to kill it. Um, you see that happen in storm decks over the years, playing like Gifts Given, or you see you've seen it happen in storm decks over the years that have to you know rely on eventually casting like a. a Past in Flames or something like that. Mm-hmm. Those decks have been successful having things that cost four and five. Paradoxical Outcome, I think, in some of those Stormy kind of decks. So I think it's fine. Um, I like it the, is vulnerable. Like you, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a 2-2. Two, two. Though it does dodge like Fatal Push without Fetchlands or, you know, whatever it is. It is in a weird spot. I'm really excited about it in Jeskai Ascendancy-esque decks. And this doing a Jeskai Ascendancy imitation, right? Instead of every spell you cast untapping your things, you just get a treasure, but then that loops into the, like every cantrip you play loops into the next cantrip and the treasures can help pay for that. And they work really well together. Um, is like a cool thing that this does and lets you dig to your just guy sentency to go off with it. Uh, it also, I think does work in kind of any type of like play. Yeah. Anything that's trying to just play as many cantrips as possible. I think this has a really cool effect to it that can kind of do fun storm things with it. So that, that's one of the things I think is the coolest with it between, between opt serum visions and, uh, well, I always forget the name of this card. One blue mill two draw a card. Thought scour. Thought scour. That's 12 cantrips in a deck and you can like stretch to play some of the other weird ones. Like the one that ancestral visions, once you have three cards in, or 20 cards in your graveyard or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
even ancestral recall, right? Uh, or visions, ancestral vision, ancestral vision. I get, yeah. Uh, I'm never gonna get ancestral recall and ancestral visions straight. Um, like there's enough of those that this that this card and Jeskai Ascendancy just together and those and some like creatures and and the blue the blue zombie that I have a bunch on my desk somewhere recently um, that like can untap a land with unearth. Like all those together is just like a deck maybe by itself without like trying too hard. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's just like, it's a piece that allows Jeskai ascendancy decks to be not as reliant on just that one card is what's cool to me about it. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, I like this card decks. that's the other deck that I've seen people be really hyped for it on is because you can cast Asnom, Adnaz, and then he lets you generate the mana to cast the spells. Now that you've paid for your five mana thing. Now that lightning storm no longer works without, um, Simeon spirit guide. There we go. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. Which this is this is the card, right? Like this is a card that you can play in replacing that replaces Simeon Spirit Guide that allows you it doesn't let you go off as fast, but it lets you play a similar game where because you've drawn the right amount of spells, you'll be able to cast some free spells, maybe shoals or whatever, to trigger him to then have the mana to cast the the, the lightning um whatever to be able to win. So that's the other place I've seen this talked about. It does add a four mana spell to your Adnaz deck, but I don't think that deck cares because it's using like ways to get around the life loss anyways. So that's that's the other place that I think it's cool. Um next card is Dina or Dina Soul Steeper. Uh black green one three. Uh Dryad Druid. Dryad Druid. Say that ten times fast. Uh whenever <laughs> dry druid, get... dry druid, dry druid, dry druid. Yeah, it's, it's gonna get hard. <laughs> uh whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. One mana sacrifice another creature. Dina Soul Steeper gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X is the sacrificed creature's power. Um this is another creature that goes infinite with no, it's the other exquisite one. blood. It's exquisite blood. <laughs> it's the exquisite blood and sanguine blood of the classic yes. five, the five mana black enchantments that she's they trigger she's off the of each other. Blood. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Dean is another card in a long list of, or is another card, another creature that goes infinite with exquisite bond. What's interesting is that we now have two creatures under four mana in like collected company range. Cause we have Vito and Dina now. Um, and, both of them are relatively decent without that effect, right? Like you could, this yeah. is a two mana one, three, it blocks great. It pumps itself in a cool way. So you can create some amount of cards that you sacrifice to take advantage of it. Vito has a similar ability where it then can give everyone lifelink. And then, which then triggers with these effects regardless. Um, they work together really well. You can collect a company for them. And if you just play two Sanguine Bonds in the deck on sometimes you'll just win on turn five just like accidentally in a splinter twin kind of way. I think like, to me, it feels very splinter twin having both of those cards play like deceiver Exarch used to and pester might where you're playing just like generically good cards that you attack with, you play them early, they just do their own thing and then they have to answer them. Otherwise you place, you place, you play exclusive blood and you win. Um, well, also, I mean, it's it's a green deck, so it's not turn five. It's probably turn four. Right. It's probably it's probably accelerated pretty almost a hundred percent. It's accelerated. You know, like you're probably playing an end of turn three collected company and winning on turn four. That's that's more likely what would happen. And and because right. it's a collected company deck that has the combos built into it, there's probably a bunch of other. Um, there's probably a bunch of other like cool stuff like this. This if you're gonna do this card like. That deck is probably playing Kitchen Finks, right? Like it's maybe seems seems like it's totally good in the collected company, the in the black green like value grind you out deck that just has a combo built in. Mm -hmm. You just you just lose if I get my combo. So that seems really powerful. I like that. Yep, yep. It, it's a it, 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 
the question is, is this going to be better than Heliod combo, right? That's like the thing you're trying to compete against in this space. The difference the here is, is no. The answer is no to that direct combo, unless you're gaining advantages with other stuff that you're doing. And, and to be honest, or this just also plays Heliod combo as like a different angle of attack and something that doesn't, that, that also requires them to have a different answer. Um, yeah. Next card is Rushed Rebirth. Black, green, instant. Choose target creature card. When that creature dies this turn, search your library for a creature card with lesser mana value. Put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle. So this allows you to... Yeah, so what's notable about this card is that you can choose their creature because it's choose target creature, not target creature you control. So that's where this card gets really interesting. Um, and I think it's pretty interesting unexplored design space too. I think it's, it's kind of a cool thing that I haven't seen before. And also you can just play it in a deck that can get uh, Tassiger or the big fish into play. And then because of Delve, it lets you get any seven drop in your deck or six drop in your deck and put it into play. So you can like yep. cheat primeval Titans into play. It's like a, it's similar to it's, it's like almost a more versatile version of Eldritch evolution, not Eldritch evolution. Well, yeah, Eldritch right. evolution, but uh, 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 what's the, the new neo form? Yeah. Neo form. It's like a, a neo form that you can use against other people's creatures and might just be better. Like not being as hard into the plan calling ritual two green black uh Sorcery, destroy each non-land per permanent with mana value two or less, and then add a black or green for each permanent destroyed this way. So in some ways, this is a free board wipe. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty interesting, isn't it? Destroy each non-land permanent CMC two or less. Mm -hmm. um, in in modern, like this is going to take out, I mean, at four CMC, this is going to take out some notable stuff uh, and, and also allows you to get the extra mana that turn to do something else cool, which is, I think, what makes the card so interesting and, like, so unique. What's interesting about this card at Black Green 2 is that this is going to take out, like, a lot of, like, small creature decks. There's definitely some decks in Modern that this is going to have an effect against. I mean, there are those decks that are inspired by the historic ones that are playing, like, a bunch of two-mana mana rocks, like, stuff like that that you're going to be able to get yourself a pretty significant advantage by getting rid of. Small creature decks, portions of, of humans or, you know, Merfolk. People don't play Merfolk anymore, but, like, stuff like that where you're going to be able to answer a lot of stuff that is overpowered for cheap CMCs. Um, and I definitely think getting ahead with the colors is really important uh, with adding colors to your mana pool to be able to do something else. Like, like for instance, but the problem is the value decks that would play this, like Jund might play this, except Jund would kill half its things by doing this. You know, half of what Jund plays are cards. So it's, I, I wonder where this actually gets played. Well the value Jund, decks have a lot of things that cost two or less. Yeah, Jund, Jund has Tarmogoyf, and it has Bob on occasion. Um, and, like, it, and it has Ren and Six. And it has Ren and Six. But it also has Liliana. It also has Bloodbraid Elf. It also has other four-cost four spells. And it also, like, Kroxa is a card it plays, but Kroxa is a card that doesn't really care about this. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's the deck that you think about playing it. I think there's a... This card is good enough. Like, if you look at the top-played cards in the format... Like a lot of them are destroyed by this card pretty thoroughly. And it like it might be good enough to be worth, especially in a sideboard game, siding cards out for this. But also I think just it might be worth just this being main deckable and you building your Jun deck or your Abzan deck to like take advantage of this card. Um, be it the small things you play gain value, or you just lose them, right? Like you, you haven't you like you play more dark confidants, ren and sixes where they're gaining you value, and by the time you get to turn five, 
and you need to cast this to kill all of their creatures, you're gaining enough mana that you can just you and you've drawn enough cards that you can just buy, rebuy the fact that your Bob and your and your and your Ren and Six were killed. And so actually, the fact that Ren and Six is legendary, so it lets you cast your second one. Yeah, I don't know. I agree that the decks that most want this right now, this has a pull push relationship to what that deck is doing. But I also think that this is so good against some decks in the format. Having a free, ostensibly board wipe in Junt is like such a cool thing to now have to consideration for and have to consider for that. Like it makes you want to play more just like Liliana's and traverse, uh, 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 not traverse to Uvenwald. Um, what's the clue? Uh, Tyler's tracker, Tyler's tracker, like Tyler's tracker, right? Like play some more three drop threats just to like better play with calling ritual. Um, cause yeah, like, I mean, so the, so, so, so tracker makes, uh, clues which right do, which, which do, is cool which do die from this but then those clues are like a like if that turning to turn into mana it turns your it turns your clues into treasures yeah <laughs> which is kind of which is kind of rad so uh that, that, that that's actually cool the but, interaction between those two things is actually really awesome you can you can turn one thought sees them turn two abrupt decay them turn three tr- uh uh tracker tracker turn four fetch play this you lose both of your clues. They lose all of their things, and you put, have two mana to play Tarmogoyf. <laughs> from the, yeah, from it's, the no, I think it's, I think it's really cool. I think yeah. I think that aspect of this card is really interesting. Um, the next card is Flame Scroll Celebrant, uh, which on the back sale is Revel in Silence, and it's one in a red for a two-one. When an opponent activates an ability that isn't a mana ability, it deals one damage to that player. Uh, one in a red, it gets plus two, plus zero until no turn. So it has it has super fire breathing. Uh, I think at one point they called what that is. But um, and then on the back side, it has one white white for an instant. Your opponents can't cast spells or activate Planeswalker loyalty abilities this turn. Exile, Revel in Silence. Uh, hmm. Flavor text is sit down and listen, which I like. <laughs> um, I think that's a really cool effect. The fact that it has a silence effect on the backside, which often is pretty like situational. And against some players, this is a backbreaking and this will win you the game against some players. It does nothing. But the fact that then the other side is like a very decent damage hate bear that also has fire breathing as a mana sink. This like does a lot of things all at once. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only question is what type of deck uh, plays this right because because i think the answer to the question is that classically two mana red hate bear isn't good in modern like the only one that i can think of in red that has intended to be that way and actually is good is the enchantment one mm-hmm. the uh the, the burn one uh i'm just blanking on the name right now but uh you know the red red yeah. that's like the classic one that all the rest of them, like there's so many over the years they've tried in red that like never end up getting played. And then on the other side, there being a silence, it's a cool card for sure. And for a sort of a white red tempo deck, actually, it's especially cool. Like that's where I think that this plays in a space that red doesn't really have with white as its companion. Um, this is not just like super aggro red white. It feels like something a little bit more interesting in tempo you could do that I haven't seen as much before. But I still would say that mostly. Uh, uh, silence effects have not been played in modern like silence has seen sure. some play in certain decks but you know you already could have played silence scepter that's already a thing that you could have done in modern over the years and that's never really been done Partially because um, abrupt decay exists right like abrupt decay hates on that card that combo so yeah so hard i so so the next card we're going to talk about will be clever uh clever luminate lubomancer which we'll talk about but the fact that there's that card plus there's um yeah monastery swift spear like 
that's a red white tempo deck that like wants to play cool spells. I think there's like a real argument for a Jeskai Delver. Like I think Delver has been outclassed by cards now, but I think this in a Jeskai Delver like deck is great. The fact that this like this isn't a hate card that's purpose is to stop my opponent from doing anything. It's meant to just like make it so for them to do anything, their life total is just going to get worse and worse for my tempo cards. And then if I draw two of them, the revel in silence lets me just like on the turn that they could have stopped me, right? Like I have them they're behind. I have them at six life because they fetched a few times when they fetched flame scroll celebrant did two damage to them because they fetched they like tried doing something else that they like activated a planeswalker ability and that cost them a life and i have the mana of the pump flame scroll celebrant and i have a a monastery so spear and then i can just revel and silence them so that they, they can't do anything in the turn in between my next turn and this turn feels great feels like that does a lot to just win yeah. the game um, I think that that red white tempo deck sounds like a tremendous amount of fun to play. That's the that's the thing I'm the most excited about is that actually sounds like it's right up my alley. So I think whether it's red white or it's red white blue, I think that that deck exists and I'm all about it. Yeah, it could be red white black, right? It could be using thought seizes to get through. It could be um, right, right, right. It, like it, it just depends on what the best tempo cards are uh, and what like one of the reasons I do like red white black. And let's get into the next card because it's about that. Is it triggers stuff on your turn? You want to trigger stuff on your turn, right? And that's what this deck wants because Clever Luminancer. Right, the blue, yeah, the blue stuff is is, is counterintuitive there. Yeah, uh, Clever Luminancer exists. Uh, this is the card when I asked Twitter what was the card they were most excited by for modern, and this was the number one pick by a wide margin. And this is Loam Line, but for spells. <laughs> yeah, uh, one white for a zero one Magecraft. When you cast it or copy an instant or sorcery spell, Clever Luminancer gets plus two plus two until end of turn. So it can be a four five on turn two. Yeah, I mean, on turn, I mean, there's also don't don't forget mutagenic growth, right? Like, well, yeah, like mutagenic mutagenic growth in itself is a free, that with this card, mutagenic growth is invigorate. It's right. It's free it's invigorate. Yeah, free. I get I get to pay two life plus four plus four my creature, um, which is pretty bonkers. And also, are we wait? So it's a zero one. Mm-hmm. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, it gets plus two plus two. So there's plenty of easy turn two wins with this card, right? With like storm cards there are, right? Like if you if you can gut shot with Well, no, I mean so 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 like so like you play this on turn one. Yeah. Um on turn two, you cast uh what would be the best plus like the best plus spell probably for one mana, the best thing you can do is like Well you play mana you play mana morphos first. There you go. Yeah, yeah, okay. You play Manamorphos. <laughs> but, but the but the point is you have you just you just played uh it's not double cleave, right? It's assault strobe, the one red oh, just oh, double, double strike, strike spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You play double if you, strike. And... If you're, if you, yeah, I mean if you if you play a mutagenic growth and a and a double cleave, that costs you one mana and it's gonna plus eight uh what? Plus two plus two for each of them. It's plus but six. But then so also six, you get it's a six it's a six eight at that point double strike six eight double strike so then you six just... seven double strike but you still have a you still have a mana left over so then right so so then you just with the other mana whatever the best plus spell you can get for one mana is it's better than giant growth right like i'm trying to think what it would be just yeah, for the one landfall, the landfall one that gives plus four plus four is like an yeah there one. you go groundswell that's that's what i was trying to get yeah. yeah okay so you groundswell that gives you an extra six power on your double strike creature that you've now played three spells 
So your three oh, yeah. spells collectively, you just they're just dead on turn two, like very easily just dead on like turn if you, two. If you're on the planet, turn also, two, this just kills them. And and you don't need uh, you're playing four copies of Mediatic Growth in the deck, so like you can also just. I mean, yeah, that this this yeah. card's bananas. You play like four Manamorphose and four Mutagenic Growth just because you can, and this card allows you to just take extreme advantage of those things. I think you even can play like you make it th- like you make it white. I guess you're you're Naya, right? So you you don't play Snapcaster Mage. So yeah, there, but there's still like yeah, really cool stuff you do. You can also take advantage. It's of, also it's yep. yeah, it's also. I mean, this is this is also a uh, what's it called deck? It's it's very clearly a Fetchland deck. So probably you are just playing Lone, uh, not Lone Lion, Step Links with this card no, Lone, is my guess. You play Lone Lion. Lone Lion's better than Step Links. Two mana is way worse than one mana. No, you're you're mixing cards up. Step Links costs one white. Oh, you're right. I'm mixing up cards. I was thinking of, yeah, yeah, Step Links, not Lone Lion. Sorry. Step Links is the one you want. So yeah, you got a Step Links. And didn't they make a Step Links? Didn't they make a Step Links in red? Don't we have one now? Isn't there a red one and a white one? They're identical cards. I believe there yeah. is one. Yeah, that was in that's in standard right now. So like you can, yeah, I mean, that's so, that's so powerful in a, in a fetch land deck, you like turn one, cause I'm trying to think, okay, so this card gets plus two plus two every time you cast a spell. So it's going to, it's going to be way better than the other cards we just mentioned. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to turn two with like a lone lion probably. I think, I think you want because, this with, with, you want it with swift spear more. You want it with swift spear and you want it with, what's the, what's the guy that was just banned in vintage i literally can look this up actually because i have that announcement now on my phone because we just looked this up oh, oh yeah dread uh, dreadheart arcane and you can play Dreadheart arcanist because all the cards you mentioned dreadheart arcanist can can draw into and That's cast all of them. and plus that if you act, plus yeah. dreadheart and you can get your better cards um i think that's the deck i would be more interested in looking to play with these cards uh then then the 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 fetch land ones because those just aren't powerful enough because you can't you can't kill someone on turn two this can you're right this can kill someone on turn two with a reasonable hand uh you have to draw this two lands and the any other cards in your deck and and there are redundant versions of this that are quite not as good but good enough like swiss beer um because i mean swiss actually does that kill on turn three well here's the thing though with the with the mutagenic growth version of the deck um with fetch lands and the step links package and the and assault strobe you'd need that's the thing is assault strobe would cost one red you'd play four of them i i'm trying to remember if there's another one mana double strike i think there might be card that does it because the thing is with the step links turn one step links uh turn two fetch land so now you have four power out of your step links right um you cast double cleave so now you're going to be attacking for eight um, and you have you can cast Groundswell, which is going to trigger because of your thing. So now you're actually attacking for 16. And if you have a mutagenic growth, you win. So Groundswell, mutagenic growth, fetch land. You also can just win on turn two mm-hmm. as long as you have double as long as you have as long as you have what's it called? Um, assault strobe. But it, I don't even think one mana, like one mana double strike is a rare thing. They've probably printed that more than once. No, no, I'm, no, I'm it's trying just, to. It's just a salt strobe, but you do get stuff like Boros Charm. Um, I mean, you're, so, so to, get, to get the turn two win, you have to have a salt strobe. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. But I just outlined, I just outlined a way to win with all 12 of your one drops that have to do with, you know, I mean, your mutagenic growths are really important in the deck. Sure. But, uh, you know, that's pretty interesting. Pretty yeah. cool. 
And 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 that's that's like the all in version. I think there's like easy easily a like Grixis Death Shadow versus Double Strike, you know, uh, Jun Death Shadow transition where it goes much more into the. This is just like better than Delver of Secrets. It's doing what Delver of Secrets wish it could do. <laughs> uh, in it doesn't modern. have evasion. It doesn't have evasion, so that's the one thing. But, but it is, yeah, it is really powerful. It's bigger, and you have more explosivity towards it. Um, yeah, I don't think you can play pure tempo, but I think this does really cool stuff. Yeah, this card, this card is the one people are most excited. But but your point of being able to just like outright kill a person on turn two without thinking about it is like on its face value just extraordinarily powerful. Um, <laughs> so good, <laughs> and 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 that war is going to work on a high note. That is the last card for today's episode. This is the first part of part two. Uh, part two will be out next week. Um, let's let's do these set reviews all in one big videos. I think people really enjoy those. And let us know if you if you guys like that we're just doing all of them at once. I think that's really great. Uh, and we will um, be back next week with more content. Make sure before anything else to listen to Ben's song. He released it. There's a song he made. It's on the internet. It's doing really well. It's really great. Highly recommend it. Link below, uh, at least to, to the YouTube, if not Spotify download. We'll put all the download things. Ben will eventually make a link tree. <laughs> um, and then... I that today. Uh, and then we will uh, check that out. Make sure to check out our Patreon. That's how we're able to make this happen. You get all this content a week early. This, this is going to go... Literally, I'm going to upload this to our patron as soon as i'm done recording versus you guys getting it in a week uh that are uh, that are not our patrons thank you patrons in general for your support uh also make sure to check out our monday night commander stream we do it every week this week uh we're doing a big thing as i mentioned earlier with marshall and michael we're all brewing new commander decks uh, around different commanders i'm currently looking at plark but there's so many cool ones that i might i might just audible and change my mind uh, those then will live on the youtube channel for instance last week's episode if you missed it was with glenn jones and ellie of the veil uh where we did a really cool commander game um where Aetherios and a bunch of cultists were involved um and so definitely check that out as well uh thank you so much and please like and subscribe to make more content like this happen mm -hmm.